You're listening to the JTD Coaches Me podcast with your host, Joanne Tierney Daniels. Tune in as Joanne chronicles her journey from imposter to empowerment. Joanne discusses real life with real people. You'll be captivated by her guests and their stories. Regardless of whether you leave laughing or crying, one thing is certain. Each episode will make you think about life from a different perspective. Listen in and join the journey as Joanne and her guests explore the best strategies to promote personal growth, find your authentic self, and live your best life. Hi, I'm Joanne Tierney Daniels, a life, wellness, and relationship coach and the host of the JTD Coaches Me podcast. Today, I will be discussing the topics of early conditioning, self-limiting beliefs, and living life guided by fear. Much of my life was limited by my early programming and influenced by fear. I waged a constant battle within. From a young age, I believed I was meant to have a big presence in the world. Yet at the same time, I didn't believe I deserved it. So because of these conflicting beliefs, I was afraid to go after the things I genuinely wanted for my life. With these two factions of my psyche constantly at war, my body became a battleground. I adopted a lifelong pattern of controlling my emotions and inhibitions with a disordered relationship with food and other dysfunctional behaviors. My internal dialogue self-sabotaged me at every phase of my development. In third grade, I told myself, you don't deserve the lead in this school play. How about some ice cream instead? In high school, I told myself, don't try out for cheerleading. You're not thin enough. In my 20s, I was ill-equipped emotionally to hold on to a man I adored because I felt unworthy of him. Instead, I filled my emotional insecurities with chicken wings and molson ice. These dysfunctional patterns persisted into my 30s and 40s as well. These are compelling topics and aren't easy to overcome when they're present in our lives. So I need an expert to help me with this conversation. Luckily, we happen to have one here today. In a moment, I'm going to introduce and be joined by a special guest who specializes in helping others navigate these challenges. I'm honored to introduce Terry Cargiola. Terry is a transformational life strategist, the founder of the Creative Counseling Center and Talking with Terry. She is also a best-selling author. Her book, Be the Magic of You, Tools to Transform Your Life, begins with a foreword written by Jack Hanfield and is simply amazing. Terry is a thought leader in female empowerment and entrepreneurship. As a licensed counselor and transformational life strategist coach for more than two decades, she has counseled thousands of people living unfulfilled, mediocre lives who felt weighed down and overwhelmed by their personal circumstances. Terry is on a mission to impact 1 million lives, and she can reduce that count by one because she has certainly impacted my life. Terry's objective is to help people overcome the limitations that they place on themselves and to allow themselves to fully expand to their greatest limitless potential. So please join me in welcoming Terry to the conversation. Hi, Terry. Hi, thank you. It's such an honor to be here with you today. And I'm listening to your doing your little monologue there. And I'm like, oh, I just want to like, I'm chomping at the bit to get started now. (laughs) (laughs) So perfect. That's only a brief snapshot of your accomplishments. Please tell the listeners more about you, how you got started and, and the path to how you came to be where you are today. Yeah. So I'll just, I'll give a, a quick story. My upbringing wasn't the easiest either without going into much of the details of just to say, I had this belief that I wasn't good enough either. So there's a lot that I can relate to you and some of the listeners I'm sure with on this call. And so like my path 
you know, there's a lot of things that I had to overcome. And I was in two was this child that was extraordinarily shy. I was so shy. And now looking back, I realized that there was a lot of gifts that laid out. So super shy, ended up trying out for the cheerleading. And I don't know if they felt bad for me or if they just needed an extra body on the team, but somehow (laughs) I made cheerleading. But (laughs) I had these like moments throughout my life that were kind of these transformational moments and these pivots, if you will. And so that was one of them because I had to like, I had to fake it till I made it right in that, in that position. And then I went on to high school and And in high school, I actually became a peer counselor. There were six of us that was selected to become a peer counselor because at the time my school did not have anyone that was dealing with mental health. We had a career counselor, but not a, not someone doing the mental health. So we got trained at Washburn University, which at the time was a huge mecca of social work and psychology majors. And so early on, in my peer counseling experience, I was in charge of the fifth and sixth grade. And I had a fifth grader who came to me and told me that her sixth grade friend was going to commit suicide that weekend. And I intervened with that piece and we ended up saving this girl's life. And it was just a pivotal moment for me because I was like, gosh, this is what I want to do. So I had to overcome some other challenges just based on some limitations of other people that placed their limitations on top of me. Did my undergrad in counseling and then did my master's in counseling as well. And then opened up a private practice, which then turned into a a counseling center. And now we impact thousands of lives. I continue to own that company. But what in the last like five years, it's become owner independent. And what that's given me the freedom to do is now I... I'm moving on and kind of doing more what I feel called to do, which is really helping women entrepreneurs have a bigger impact in the world. Because if I can help one other person and they can have an impact in their business, whether that's 50 people, 500 people, or 5 million people, or even 500 million people, right? I feel like we can have a bigger impact. And so now I work with entrepreneurs that have any of those challenges or barriers or blocks, whether that's limiting beliefs, self-sabotage, being stuck in worry, fear, doubt, any of those challenges that hold us back. And the big one is the imposter syndrome. Those are the challenges and barriers. And if we are coming from that place in space, we are not going to be able to live at our fullest capacity, our fullest ability. So I work with entrepreneurs to help clear out those blocks. And then I give them tools based in quantum physics to help them expand so that they can have more clients, more freedom, but most importantly, more impact with the work that they're doing. That's amazing. So I know that you often talk about mindset and how important that is to your personal growth and development. I mean, just how vital is that? And how do we turn that around when we're limiting ourselves? I always tell people, and this is my own personal bias here, but I do feel like mindset is the biggest challenge that we have to overcome. We can learn skills. We can learn technology. We can learn all these other things that make a business go, right? I love talking about business. I love understanding systems and structure, but those are all teachable. We can always say, okay, you do X, Y, and Z, and this you'll get A, B, and C results or whatever that might be. But mindset is so much different. It's a personal journey. And I always tell people that if you are going to open up a business, you are going to automatically give yourself the gift of personal development because you cannot have a business without doing the personal development because all of the stuff that we've been running from, hiding from, avoiding is going to be shown up. It's going to show up in our journey. And I truly believe that's been the case for myself in the clients that I work with, it's always going to be shown to us because I believe it's kind of one of those growth moments. 
Because when we can expand out of that and we can overcome that, it just starts to give us permission that we can do other things, right? We start to see that, I don't know, just like the, it goes back to that belief that like, I can do this, right? It might be one little, that one little seed that gets planted that says, okay, I got this, right? And then we go into the next seed and the next seed and we continue to grow through that path and we keep having, you know, these experiences reinforced for us. We grow into that confidence or we grow into that belief that we are here and that we matter. Yeah, I agree. And I think so many of us, myself included, we get affixed to memories in the past and transgressions. How do people learn how to move past that and to leave the past behind and live in the present? You're spot on because when we are talking about mindset or when we talk about the brain, a lot of my training came from years and years of understanding like how the brain works and how how do these memories get locked in place, right? Because when we're going through life and we have something traumatic happen or we have, and traumatic can be something I call it the small T or the big T, the small traumas or the big traumas. Like a small trauma for me was like, I was made fun of because I had freckles when I was a kid. I like, I am, <laughs> I'm very freckly, right? <laughs> now, you can't really tell that. You know, like, but in the summertime, like they like pop out and you're like, whoa, they're hello, freckles, right? But that was a small trauma, right? Like it wasn't like something that necessarily left a lot of scars, although I was self-conscious about it, right? And then, you know, some bigger traumas. I had a learning disability and that was really a challenge for me on lots of different areas. Like I carried that one, I carried that bad boy through my life for a long time. Like I held on to it because I'm like, I'm not going to ever tell anyone, right? And there was so much shame around it, right? And so what happens is, is that we have these positive and negative experiences. So one of the layers, and I mean, we are such multifaceted, complex creatures, right? I mean, our brains are the most complex that there is. And so when you start to peel back the onion layer, if you will, about the complexities, it's like when we start having positive experiences versus negative experiences, those negative experiences we hold on to a lot longer and a lot stronger because they've impacted us in a way, right? Our emotional system, like when we, when we're being told something, we're being insulted, when we're being belittled, when we are, whatever that might be for us, for some folks being sexually abused, physically abused, witnessing horrific traumas, things that are beyond our control. And the brain it is so intense because our brain goes into fight, flight, or freeze. And when we go into that fight, flight, or freeze, we're not remembering anything else. We're like locking that in and it's imprinting, right? It's a more intense imprinting in the brain. That's why we can recall those experiences way more. So if I asked you and your listeners, what was the last compliment that you received that you felt like, oh my goodness, I feel really great. Like, wow. And it could be a compliment on what you were wearing. It could be a compliment on how you're showing up. It could be a, a personal characteristic about yourself. For a lot of people, it's hard to recall that. Now, if I asked you, what was the last time someone insulted you, made you wrong, told you that you needed to improve something or whatever that is, it's pretty easy for our brains to go back and retract that, right? And so- that's one of the challenges with these intense memories that we have is so we lock it in. Now, the other layer is that our brain and our brain is brilliant. Our brain is kind of like, I call it like the built-in Google machine because <laughs> whatever we search out, we will find. Okay. So if I am telling myself I am worthless and, and horrible, and I used to tell my, my message that I used to tell myself was I was dumb and stupid and I couldn't figure things out. So my brain, part of the brain is called a reticulating activation system. 
And part of that brain is actually designed to go around and scan the environment to find evidence to support whatever we're thinking. Okay. So the brilliance of the brain is this, is that positive thoughts will find positive evidence. Negative thoughts will find negative evidence. So I'm telling myself I'm dumb and stupid, right? So guess what? If I got like a C or a B minus, or even an A minus for that matter, on my test, I'm going, ah, I should have done better. I should have studied. And so my storyline was beating myself up. Like my parents never had to punish me for bad grades. Um, Not that I got them a lot, but they never had to punish me because they felt so bad because I would beat myself up just horrendously, right? So now we have that dynamic of the brain that we are just reinforcing these stories and reinforcing and reinforcing and reinforcing and finding this evidence that supports that belief. And it's not until we do our, I truly believe, now that I'm a little biased here because this is the, this, the realm in which I love to practice it, but those stories serve us. That story for me, that being dumb and stupid served me. And how it served me was that I made sure that I was working my hiney off. I mean, I was, I was going against a learning disability on top of, which made the struggle, right? I don't know that if I didn't have that learning disability, I don't know that it would have been as, as much of a struggle. Maybe not. I don't know. I always tell people language is not my first language. <laughs> language is really hard for me, but it served me very well until it didn't. Okay. So it served me because I was a hard worker. I was always going in for extra credit. I was studying my rear off. I mean, it served me because I had to prove it to myself that I wasn't because the other dynamic, as you were kind of talking about like these two sides is one side that says this and the other side that says, I was battling between these two sides, right? One side, I was saying, watch me. I'm going to prove it to you, right? Because that's like that inner knowing. I truly believe that's an inner knowing that's kind of trying to shine. It says, no, Terry, you got this. Like you are smart. You are brilliant. You got this. You just learn a different way, right? And then my other brain was like, blah, blah. So you have these like two conflicting experiences happening, right? And so I worked my high knee off to prove that I could do it, right? So that served me, okay? But then at some point, those stories stop serving us. And that's where I think a lot of people rub up against like, oh, what's happening? Because it does feel like you're getting, you're thrown off because you're like, oh, I've learned this behavior. I've responded to this for X amount of years. This is what I know to be true. This is my comfort zone. And as soon as we start to rub up against that, we have to start to make change. We have now awareness. We have new insights. And as soon as I became aware, because what happened for me, that behavior started to become unhealthy because it made me go into perfectionism. It made me go into these really high expectations. Well, then it stopped serving me. Does that make sense? It does. And then it became like this festering. And then from my body's perspective, it put me under stress. It put me on massive stress because I had to like continue to prove to myself and to everybody else that I was perfect and I had it all figured out, right? And then that's when it stopped serving me and it became a detriment to me. And then it became where I wasn't being authentically myself. Like I was putting on this massive front. I was attracting people that weren't necessarily in alignment with me. Like then it's like, okay, now I got to start taking ownership for this and start looking at how I was contributing to creating some of the story, right? And then now that I've like started like sloughing that off, totally different reality, totally different experience. And then if we combine in like the law of attraction and law of attraction is the one that most people are familiar with, but there's a lot of universal laws out there that are running our 
universe, if you will. And when we start to put those pieces in for the story that's not serving us, we're going to get more of that. Or for the story that's now serving us, that's in a positive way, we're going to get more of that. And so it's delightful and it's a profound to be on this journey. And I just, I love anyone. And I think all of us are courageous to go through this journey and in this journey of entrepreneurship and even the folks that are not in entrepreneurship, like our stuff gets shown up. Like when we're ready to experience it, when we're ready to hear it, our stuff will get brought up to us. I believe in the, in the best perfect timing. I think you're right. Entrepreneurship and growth, just personal development and growth. And I think that that everything that you discussed speaks to our early conditioning and our programming. And the last time we spoke, you talked about the subconscious and the unconscious mind of thinking, mode of thinking. What is the difference between the two? Or is there a difference? And how do they factor in? Yeah. So when we think about our brains, it's developed, created from the unconscious, the subconscious, and then we have the conscious mind, right? And so when we think about this, like now, according to the National Science Foundation, we have anywhere from 50,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. Okay. <laughs> like that's a lot of thoughts. And only about 2,000 of those are conscious. Okay. So there's some research that says we're using either 10% or even 5% of our conscious brain and everything else is either unconscious or subconscious. So when we're talking about these belief systems, most of the time they're unconscious to us or these thought patterns that we catch ourselves into. Like I was meeting with this lady, I don't know, a couple of years ago and she came in and she was just on this like little, like she was fired up and she was on this little bit of a rant of like, she's like, I cannot believe how stupid I was. I did da 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 da. I am an idiot. I can't believe I did this. Da, 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 da. And she keeps going on for like a good, like three and a half to five minutes. And that she had called herself stupid at least five or six times during that time. So I have this process when I'm working with folks. We started doing this exercise because I'm a big believer in that we don't need to spend time talking about it and processing it because here's the thing. It's unconscious, subconscious. Like we can talk it till it's blue in the face, but it's not going to necessarily change from a vibrational level from a unconscious level. And so I was like, okay, let's do this exercise. So we did this exercise and it took us a couple minutes. And then she was like, I, gosh, I was really fired up. I didn't really realize how fired up I was. And so I was like, yeah, it's like, you notice, I noticed that you were calling yourself stupid and all this other stuff. She's like, no, I didn't. I never called myself stupid. <laughs> she was like, and I was actually writing some notes. And I was like, listen, like, look what you said. to She's like, there's no way I called myself that. Like had no awareness, right? And so I think that's a big challenge that we are faced with when we're doing our own personal work. I truly believe that we can do a lot of stuff on our own, but at some point we have, we'll reach a plateau and we just don't know what we don't know, right? This is like that unconscious incompetence where we don't know what we don't know, okay? And so when we start to get to that place, oftentimes we need to seek out someone like myself or yourself that folks can get that support on to really address some of those underlying unconscious things because they're not been brought to the conscious. Now, how do we transform some of that stuff is if we can bring that unconscious, subconscious to the conscious awareness. And awareness, I believe, is massively potent in this process because once we become aware of something, right? Like I didn't, I wasn't even aware that I had this belief that was like, I'm not good enough. Like that was my underlying belief because all of the thoughts that we have, and again, like coming from an unconscious standpoint, if we have a belief and usually beliefs can be boiled down to, I'm not blank enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not lovable enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not whatever something I'm not enough, right? So those, whatever that belief system is, then we're going to be unconsciously creating from that environment. We're going to create that from that story. So those thoughts that are coming in, 
are going to be contributing to that directly, right? It's going to even be helping find that positive evidence or helping find that negative evidence to support whatever beliefs in place. So the more that we can bring that to awareness and have that awareness, like, oh goodness, like now I know, like, right. And so now I can actually notice when I start to go down that route, when I start to pull in those negative thoughts, when I start to find that negative evidence, right? And then it can be a really a game changer for us. And I'm like most people, maybe like I should say, like maybe hopefully some people like, I don't like to, I don't want to take 10 years to figure out why it is that I have this process, right? Like I just want to be like, okay, I know that I have this this issue. Like how do I help remove it in a in a timely way so that I can start to incorporate some of that yumminess in my life that is pure positive energy that's here to support us, right? Because I truly believe that we're all, we all deserve to be happy and we all deserve to really create a successful life for ourselves and whatever that looks like for each person. Because it's, I think that looks different for each person. I'm in total agreement. I believe that as well. And how does self-sabotage factor in? I mean, I, in the past, I've been a master of self-sabotage. And I think, how can the listeners know this telltale signs of that? And how do they turn that around before it goes too far down the path? Yeah. Well, so self-sabotage, if you think about it, it's like that unconscious, that's coming from the unconscious and subconscious mind where it's like, okay. And a lot of times people will tell me, I'm afraid of failure. I hear that so often, but I honestly think I'm afraid of success. Success is more for a lot of people, especially high achieving women and entrepreneurs. Is that like, what would that look like if I was really fully myself? Okay. So when we start to play in that space, the sabotage that comes in is still supporting those unconscious limiting beliefs. Because if I'm out there being seen in the world, my ego is going, whoa, this is uncomfortable. Like you're A, you're going to be getting out there. And in total transparency, because I, I never wanted to talk about my own language challenges, I never wanted to speak. Like if I was reading out loud, I'd be like, oh, like terrified, right? And so one of those things that I had to overcome was like being seen and being heard, right? In the world. Because if we are going to have a bigger impact, the women that I work with, they're all in a similar boat in the sense that they're like not being able to be seen or heard. Okay. That's a big theme that I see running through folks. And so what happens is that unconscious limiting belief that says, I'm not good enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not, not been in this career long enough. That would just happen just recently. Someone's like, like, who am I to be able to send this message? Because I've only been in this industry for five years. There's other people that have been in this industry for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. So who am I? Right. So that sabotage may come in many forms. It might just be procrastinating on doing something. You might have an opportunity that someone calls in and you don't return their call in a timely manner, right? So sabotage can have many different faces and show up in different ways. It could be like, you know what? I know that drinking water is healthy for me, but I'm just not going to do it today, right? Or I know that reading a personal development book would help me, but I'm going to go Netflix it for the next three hours instead, right? So it can show up in lots of different ways. So when I have people, when we're starting to be shown that just having people just take a moment of like sitting and going, okay, I know I need to be finishing this email and getting this email off because it's going to help me and support me, but I want to like run or I want to go do the laundry or I want to like avoid doing this. Just take a moment 
and like, just sit with that resistance for a moment because that resistance is here for us. Right. And so oftentimes we will sabotage and just do the easier route versus really say, what is this resistance about? And so folks, when you feel that experience, come on, just take a moment and say, okay, I see your resistance. Okay. What is this about? And just get some insight about it because once we have that insight and that awareness of why we're wanting to run <laughs> away from it, oftentimes just by acknowledging it and by saying hello to it, it will automatically, 50% of it will go away just because we've now honored it, right? Now, for a lot of people, like whatever that that emotion is that comes up, whether that's fear, whether that's anxiety, whether that's, I tell people like, give it a name because especially if she or he shows up, give it like a persona, like a persona of it. Because, you know, like I was saying, anxiety would show up a lot for me. And so what she would do for me is she would rev me up. So her name became Ravi. And so as soon as I said, oh, hello, Ravi, you're here, <laughs> right? And now her and I have a really good relationship. It did not start out with a good relationship. Like she was like this defiant teenager that was like trying to butt up against me. And we're like, we had butted for a bit, right? <laughs> but, but I gave her a name. And so as soon as that emotion came up, so if it's that sabotaging feeling where it's like, oh, I, I want to procrastinate on this. I don't want to do it. Give her a name, like acknowledge it. Because when we acknowledge it, it takes away the power. I say hello to her. I greet her because all emotions are here. If you think about emotions are our internal guidance system. So nothing to be afraid of, right? We can have anger. We can have sadness. We can have frustration. We can have all these emotions. They're all okay. Okay. All okay. As long as we are using it for what they're designed for. And that is, they're just here to give us information. They're simply here to give us information. And so when I'm walking down a a dark alley, I would love to have, I love that feeling of scared, jump up and support me. Why? Because what does that feeling do for me? It makes me be aware. Like it's making me alert. Like I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stand. I'm going to walk with my head up. I'm going to walk determined. I'm going to walk confident. I'm going to walk like on a path, right? So that emotion is here to serve us. So if we can just say hello to it, acknowledge it, and then ask it, like, I'm curious, you know, Revy, why are you showing up for me? Close your eyes for a moment and just ask the question, you know, thank you for showing up. What are you showing up for? And just give that awareness. And it's amazing to be like, oh, well, I just wanted to make sure that you're okay. I wanted to make sure that you were right. Anxiety, that, that initial, I always tell when I'm speaking, I always have like the first two minutes, Revy can have the first two minutes of any speaking engagement. But after that, she's like, she has to leave. But anxiety at a lower level is here to support us. It's a motivator. It's an activator, you know? So we want to have that li- that little bit of a layer. So when those intense emotions are showing up, when we're saying, oh gosh, I wanted to run from this, let's take a moment and just tap into that because oftentimes it's just that, that's an intense feeling that we're onto something. And if we sit there and go through it instead of avoid it, we're going to be so much further along the path by just embracing it and saying, okay, I guess we're going to do this, right? Right. I think we lie to ourselves and tell ourselves they don't matter. Like I'll get a sense of dread and then I'll be like, oh, it's nothing. It's But but deep down, I know it's something. And I just sometimes I'll just walk away from it when really, it really probably would have propelled me into learning something new. So if we can stop avoiding and just be like, okay, it's here to serve us. Like, what is this dread about? And even pen to paper. Oftentimes we want to wait until nighttime to do this. But I say, if you can, and you have the capacity to do it right then and there, because it's present, it's within us, pen and paper. Like I have so many notebooks and journals. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little baby borderline. <laughs> 
a problem. <laughs> but if we just put pen to paper right then and there and be like, okay, what is this? And oftentimes it, it only requires us a couple minutes to know like what it is. And, and again, like if we can feel the feeling and walk through it instead of running from it, because I promise you this, if we keep running from it, it will keep showing up and it will keep showing up more intense, more intense until we listen to it. And so oftentimes, and I'm guilty of this because I, you know, in the beginning of my journey, I did not listen to it because I, I heard the little whisper and I was like, yeah, 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 dismissed. And then I heard the like yelling and I was like, dismiss, dismiss, dismiss. And then I heard the face slap, you know, the universal two by four in the face, (laughs) didn't listen. I didn't listen until I had a severe car accident that could have been deadly. And then it was like my wake up call, right? So we can do it the hard way, (laughs) but let me just tell you that there is an easier way. So for the folks that are listening, when you get that message, when you get that whisper, when you get that little like talking to, (laughs) like trust it and listen to it, because if you don't, it's just going to get worse. Uh, I, I agree. So I know that you in, you incorporate quantum physics and energy-based practices into your coaching. How does that work for people who that may seem out of their realm of consciousness? Yeah. You know what's so funny? It's like we think when I break down like what quantum physics really is just the study of energy. It's, it's the physics of how things work in the world. Most people that are listening, they, they're familiar with the law of attraction. I mean, Oprah helped make that more mainstream media when she talked about the movie, The Secret. And that is one universal law. There's lots of other laws. And if you think about it, under the universal law of law of attraction, law of attraction simply says like attracts like. And underneath that, we talk about vibrations. So if we like really kind of just make this super easy to to understand is like, if I put my watch under a high powered microscope, we would see atoms moving. We kind of forget that in our day to days because we're like, oh, it's a solid, right? If I were to put this couch under a high powered microscope, same thing, which is for me, that's just like blows my mind, right? To think about like, it's everything is moving, like, right? Like, I just, I don't know. It's fascinating to think about. And obviously we put our body down into under a high powered microscope, we would see energy moving. So when we think about everything in the world, everything has its own energy field. Everything's emitting off energy. And so when we are in alignment with that energy, we can create more. So oftentimes when folks come in and see me, they have all these barriers and blocks and like limitations of like, I'm not this, I'm not the imposter syndrome, all these, I kind of, I have kind of narrowed it down to the top five blocks that people face. We will look at how do we clear those out? And we're talking about the neural pathways of the brain. And because in the brain, it's like, this means that. And how do we shift that so that this can actually mean something else that's going to contribute better, right? Then the second thing that I teach them is actually tools that they can use. Most of them, well, I say all of them are under two minutes. Most of them are under like 30 seconds or less. Because like if we're utilizing these tools throughout our day, we can be showing up and attracting more of which we desire, right? Because oftentimes we are unconsciously creating more of that what we don't want. And we say this by like, I don't want this. I don't want that. I can't tell you how many times I've asked people like, what is it that you would desire in your life? And inevitably like 95% or more people will tell me what they don't want. Well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And so if I'm telling myself that consciously and unconsciously, I'm actually creating more of that. The universe, if you will, doesn't understand, no, never, don't, sing. So we're actually saying, I want more of poverty, which we don't even consciously know. 
So when we can start to focus on what it is that we do desire and taking an account of our vibrations, right? We come from that perspective. It's like, okay, if I told you, you know, from a, a scale, from a vibrational scale, love and gratitude is the highest vibration that we can possibly feel. And then you go down that scale and down that scale, you know, in the middle, you have kind of like contentment, you have hopefulness and you keep going down that scale. You have fear, doubt, worry, depression, right? And so I just ask people like, where are you coming from? Check in, check in on a regular basis where you're at, because where you're at is where you're creating from. And people are sometimes like, oh, I, I'm creating these like not the best clients because they can't afford me. They don't, they don't appreciate me. They don't, they're really needy. They want to. Well, where are you coming from? Are you helping contribute to that vibration from that energy perspective, right? If so, how do you raise your vibration on that scale so that you can be creating attracting from that newest vibration? And those are the clients that you're going to be attracting that can afford you, that are going to be grateful for you, that are going to be like referring to you, like, right? Because it's a different vibration. Is it from a place of scarcity to a place of abundance, right? So there's a lot of tools that I can teach people that they can, when we're done working together, like they will continue to have these tools in their tool belt to be able to use for the rest of their lives, which is pretty cool. One of my clients, we stopped working with each other in January of last year. And she wrote me a card and said that in February, she continued to grow her business at another 25% just by using the tools. So I'm like, ah, like how cool is that? Like it's, it's a fun place. And we can all create this. We all have the capacity. I truly believe I just posted today on my social media pages that where you are and where your desire to be is all within you because we all have it. We all have it within us. We are all born of this pure positive energy. We got to figure out like, how do we tap back into that? How do we tap back into that power that we have that we were born with? That's amazing. So let me ask you this. I mean, I think the clients probably all come in with one objective on their minds and then have your sessions ever led to something, an unexpected outcome that they didn't even know was in their consciousness or what their intended goal was? Yeah. So two things. One is I think a lot of people come in and they're like, oh, I'm a lot of times it's a limiting beliefs of some sort, or it's a challenge that they can't get past. And I think almost a high percentage, let's just say a high percentage of folks do not realize that they feel called to have a bigger impact, but also that that the kind of the thing they didn't realize was that they need to be seen and heard. And so that means that they have to step out and really truly be seen and heard to have the impact that they want to have. And so that's always kind of like, oh my gosh, like this is like the huge awareness. It's like, yeah, it's okay for me to be seen in the world. It's okay to, for me to have voice and to matter. So I feel like that's been a big one that I attract a lot of folks that are in this similar boats, but that's kind of an awareness that kind of seems almost unanimously that it's that they come across with going, oh my goodness, I ha- I get to be seen and heard, which is really cool. And then I had a specific example one time. I was working with this person and she was coming in for some anger because she was having some struggles and she was actually cross-eyed. And when we started working together, we had like six sessions that we had done. Her eyes, when we were addressing some of the stuff that was going on, her eyes actually became uncrossed. And where I was like, oh my goodness, like what? And what was so profound in this session was that the anger was tied to 
her belief that she was not good enough. And it was like tied into this anger situation. And so as soon as we kind of broke those two away, like she was able, like her eyes became uncrossed and like, it was so profound and, and they have continued to stay uncrossed, but it was, it was profound. Like it was, I didn't expect that. Right. And nor did she, you know, we were both kind of like shocked. We're like, wait, what? This this is powerful, (laughs) powerful stuff, but it was all around a powerful belief that started when she was in, she was four years old. It was powerful to be able to see that transition that was blocking her and holding her back, especially with this all this, all this anger that was coming out. So it, powerful it's, stuff. it's such a testament to how our emotional and our psyches really always manifest itself physically. This, exactly. Exactly. Like So whenever time, this is another great point that you bring up is whenever we have a physical challenge in our body, think about what that body part does. Okay. So let's say you're having challenges with your knees. Like I would ask, where are you in your life having a difficulty walking forward or moving forward, right? Because your knees help you move forward, right? If you're having difficulties in your hands, like what are you having a difficulty grasping onto or holding onto or, you know, so we can look at this as like kind of an indicator, right? Because for her, it was like, okay, what are you not willing to see? What are you not willing to process visually? And so it was profound because of just kind of like her story and what happened early on because her she had a lazy eye, which then contributed to, I guess, the, the process of her eyes crossing. And so she was horrifically made fun of and all these other things. And it was really awful. And she had all this built up anger around that moment. And as soon as we kind of cleared out that piece, like everything else like shifted. So powerful. So your body is a vessel. And if we're not addressing the emotional stuff, it will show up in a physical sense. So take note, take, <laughs> take note, note. <laughs> take uh, note. Are there any strategies the listeners can employ at home to just start to this process and, and begin to eradicate the unconscious blocks from their lives? So a couple things that I love teaching people. So oftentimes in my book, I write about the power of our words and the power of our words, because we are consciously and unconsciously telling ourselves messages. And those messages are huge in the factor of how we're showing up and our belief systems and getting reinforced. So one of the tools that I teach people very off the bat, I'm very quickly is to stop continuing to tell those messages. Cause often when I, when I come in, I'm working on like clearing out the old stuff and I don't want them continuing to generate and contribute to that. Right. So one of the tools I love teaching people is when we start to beat ourselves up and we start to say words to ourselves that are not, maybe not the most positive. Okay. If we can stop that and shift that, it can be a powerful game changer. So what I want your listeners to do, make sure you're not driving. So if you're driving, come back, listen to this again or pull over, right? But I want them to write down this and it goes like this. Interesting point of view that I have this interesting point of view. And then put a three X behind that. So when you have a negative and I'm going to actually, I'm going to demonstrate this with my hands, but I'm not going to be able to see, I'll try to explain it, but we have a negative thought coming into the brain. Okay. When we start to say interesting point of view, and you say it three times, the interesting point of view that I have this interesting point of view, interesting point of view that I had from the point of view, interesting point of view that I had from the point of view. What happens is, is that, that it cancels that thought out. And so that way it cancels it from engaging the brain, which engaging the reticulating activation system, which starts to start that spiral down, right? So we can stop that. So this tool does two things. One, 
it allows us to be conscious of our thoughts, but two, it also allows us to cancel out those thoughts. And what I'd recommend for everyone is we want to open ourselves back up, or hey, we want to open ourselves back up to the possibilities. So I would highly recommend the next statement that you say is what else is possible? Now, when we're using generative questions, generative questions starts to kind of re-engage, if you will, the molecules of the universe, okay? So what else is possible allows us to kind of open back up to receiving, again, instead of being shut off to that energy. So that's one little trick that people can start using. Now, people always ask me, like, how often and how many times should I say that a day? And I say, well, we have about 58 to 60 thousand thoughts a day and only 2,000 are conscious. So I would say, let's start with 10,000, okay? No. (laughs) But if we did that on a regular basis and how I recommend people doing this is writing it down on a post-it note, putting it on your steering wheel, putting it in the bathroom mirror, putting it next to the refrigerator, putting it next to your office because we are living mostly in from an unconscious or a subconscious place. So if we can allow ourselves playing with that tool, even if we don't really need it, right? I recommend people telling that to their spouses, significant others, or anyone else that lives in their household or mentors or because they can actually catch you because like that lady that was saying that she was stupid, she had no awareness that she was even doing it, right? So oftentimes if we don't have awareness and someone else catches us, so make up a funny like code word name, like, you know, the purple elephant. And when we say the purple elephant that we know, hey, you know what, Joanne, here, the purple elephant. And you know, oh, interesting point of view that I have because you know that you can help support each other. So by using this tool, I recommend doing it anytime you have negative thoughts, anytime you have judgments towards yourself or others, anytime you jump to conclusions or outcomes. Now, believe it or not, when you start to do this and you start to realize, oh my goodness, there's a lot of negativity that I do and I live from. Don't feel discouraged, okay? This is a good thing that you're like paying attention because now we have choice. And as soon as we have the power of choice to make a choice to choose something different, now we can start to choose a thought or an emotion or a situation that's going to serve us better. Like, again, like what else is possible? Or another one is, what if this turns out better than I ever planned or imagined? Because oftentimes we think about, if we, even if we're, the perception is negative, what if this turns out better than I planned or imagined, right? Or if, if I perceive it as positive, what if this turns out better than I ever planned or imagined? It's both a win-win, right? So when we're on sales calls or when we're meeting with clients or when we're speaking in front of a stage or Whatever that activity might be, that's another great tool to start to get you in a, in a good headspace to show up in a positive light that is going to impact and also have those people that resonate with you to attract to you. I think that that's so important that the continuum of growth and knowledge and learning is constant for people who really to propel themselves forward. So you're an inspiration to many. Who and what inspires you? I mean, where do you continue to your pattern of growth? Yeah. I love learning and I am just so like thirsty (laughs) for learning. And so I will listen to books on CDs. I listen to podcasts. I I mean, so oftentimes just through my, my journey, people will say, have you read this person or have you looked into this book or have you done this? And I'm like, no, but I want to. Right. And so I just come from a place of my brain is super curious. I want to soak up all the knowledge that I possibly can. And so I love anytime I'm learning things. But here's the thing about learning. There's something to be said to be to learn. And then I want to make sure that people are implementing. So whenever I read a book or take in some information, I'm like, okay, what is something that I can take today and implement today? So that I'm always implementing it because it then it grounds it in. It actually makes it real. So for listeners that listen today, it's like, okay, 
let's implement this tool. Let's implement the, the tools or the suggestions or strategies that we talked about today and start to play with them. I always tell people, do it 50 times for a full week and just notice what shifts, notice what changes because any of the tools that I teach people, they're tested and true because I want to make sure, because I'm a, I'm a results person. I love to see results. So we can keep learning and learning and learning until the cows come home. But if we're not implementing, we're not going to necessarily see the results. So it's really important that we take what we learn and then implement immediately. So to start to see those results. I think that that's why some people don't realize they make a vision board, but don't realize a vision board doesn't work if there's not any action behind it. Yes. And I think that that's in affirmations the same way. You can tell yourself, I'm going to be a success. I'm going to be a success, but it's not going to work if you're lying in bed saying, I'm going to be a success and don't put your feet on the ground the next day and get to get to the bank or whatever you need to do. Agreed. And I mean, we could talk about vision boards all day long because there's some really great things that I love vision boards and then I dislike them because there's lots of tools in which we can use vision boards to be successful, but there's a lot of actions. I mean, I just did at the beginning of this year, we did a, a vision board exercise conference call where it was like, okay, here's the pro tips that are behind how do we make the vision boards really powerful. And But you're absolutely right. If we're not taking action, it doesn't matter how beautiful our vision board is because universal laws require inspired action in order for us to bring any, any dream into reality. So I hate to let you go, but I know I can't keep you forever. So I have, I do have one final question. I want to yeah. put you in my pocket, but I can't do it. What is your, what is your, what's your best tip that any of us can do to make the world a better place? With the backdrop of what we're going through right now, there's a lot of people struggling with stories that we have no idea. And so lead with kindness lead with love. If we don't understand that other person, if we don't understand where they're coming from, we don't have to say anything negative or mean or hurtful. Like just lead with love, lead with kindness and understanding and compassion. And I think that's just a a powerful message that we need right now. And if all of us did this, I think, you know, unity would be ours. That's amazing. So before I let you go, tell the listeners where they can find you directly and, and learn more about you and your mission. Yeah, absolutely. So my website has everything on that they need is talking with Terry. That's T-E-R-I.com. And then for folks that want to go and grab a, a free copy of my book, I just ask that you pay for shipping and handling. So just go grab my free book. You go to be the magic of you.com. You can grab that book there. And there's tons of tools. I actually need to go back through and like read, underline how many tools are in there. Cause I, I'm guessing there's over like a hundred different tools that people can use and start to implement in their life lives and make it a better place for not only for yourself, but for those that you're serving as well. Great. Thanks. It's been such an honor and I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Yes. Thank you. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the JTD Coaches Me podcast. You can find additional resources and information about Joanne at jtdcoachesme.com. Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast for updates and new episodes. You can also follow Joanne on social media under JTD Coaches Me. 